time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life. So basically, we just kind of want to give you guys a feel of who we are, where we're from, what our background is. And uh, for the purpose of getting to know you guys and you getting to know us, because we believe we're going to be here for a long time. And we want to uh, we want to love you guys well. And we think in order to do that, it'd be good to know each other's stories and... Uh, and get to know each other a little better. So this is my wife, Anna. She's awesome. <laughs> and uh, we've been married uh, almost six years. Six years. Uh, yeah, wow. Okay, six years. I got a little applause for that. I like that. Uh, yeah, apparently we're old. I feel like I'm, uh, I'm 26. Anna is 26. And I feel like we're over the hill, man. We passed 25, and I'm like, dang, I'm old. I'm kind of getting fat. I can't play sports anymore. It's like, this is jacked up, dude. <laughs> We're not really that old in, in, the, in light of how many old people work here, so I'm kind of pumped about that. <laughs> These guys. <laughs> Sorry, John. No, we're not really that old. Uh, so we've been married almost six years. Uh, December 9th, or is it 10th? I always mess that up. I get in trouble for that all the time. December 9th. December 9th. It'll be six years. And our little boy, Gabriel, is actually in some... He got an applause. Okay. I'm, uh, wow. <laughs> he's, uh, he's a little over two and a half. He'll be three November 6th. 6th. Got it. Uh, he's uh, right over getting watched by a, a couple of the different ones here. And we love him. He's awesome. He's going to be... Hopefully a professional football player. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm hoping for. I mean, I guess we'll find out. Um, uh, so that's our family. And basically, we moved here June 1st of this year. So we've only been here almost three months, right? Bad at math, sorry. I was an English guy. I don't like <laughs> and math. Dates. I don't He's do really math. bad at math and dates. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that, man. Uh, we've been here almost, uh, almost three months now. And we are absolutely loving it. It's great. We're getting plugged in. Uh, I work over, actually, in the worship department for Brother Brad Parsley. He's a good dude. Like him. Like him a ton. Okay, I got one clap and a couple woos. I'll tell him. I'll tell him. He might not be too happy about that. But, <laughs> yeah, I work over there. And like John said, uh, I'm leading primary worship leader for Sunday nights, which is basically a prayer meeting. Time to come before the Lord, cry out for our city, and just worship. So, like he said, I'd love to invite you guys. I'd love to see some of y'all there with some of that youthful zeal and energy. That'd be awesome. Um, so, I'm doing that Wednesday nights and, and a, ver- a couple of various other things. And we're just loving it. And basically, I kind of just want to tell you where we came from. How many of you guys are absolutely, or absolutely, <laughs> absolutely familiar with IHOP? <laughs> okay, pretty good contingency there. Not bad. Um, so we, Anna and myself, we were at IHOP for about eight years and I was a worship leader. She was a prophetic singer, uh, on my team for most of the years and a prophetic singer. That might be a new term for many of you. Basically what that means is she was a singer on the team who sang the things that the Lord spoke to her at various times. So basically she'd go, Holy spirit, what are you saying? 
And in different parts of the, of the worship set that we would do, she would get the opportunity to actually sing what the Lord spoke to her. And I would love to teach you guys how to do that and hear from the Holy Spirit. I think that's a, an awesome thing that we can all do, and I'm sure many of y'all do it. Um, so that's what she did. I led worship for, like I said, about eight years. And for those of you who are not familiar with IHOP, basically what it is, it stands for the International House of Prayer. It's in Kansas City, Missouri. And it has been going... <laughs> We got some Kansas Cityans here. Okay. 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 Um, Basically, it stands for International House of Prayer. And what that means, the house of prayer, that concept, basically means it's 24-7 worship and prayer in a certain geographical location. So we had a building at at IHOP that constantly for the past, what, 12 years? For the past 12 years, there has been nonstop... It's never stopped worship for the past 12 years. And some of you might go, wow, that's kind of like crazy. Why would you do that, dude? And basically the reason is because we believe that worship and prayer is what is going to usher in the return of Jesus. And so we did that for eight years. We, uh, we did, just to give you kind of an idea of what our job description there looked like, Anna and I did six sets a week. And a set, a worship set, basically was a two-hour slot where we would get up on a stage just like this and we would lead worship for two hours. So six times a week, we would do two hours. So it's quite a bit, but it was thoroughly enjoyable. And uh, I'll kind of tell you how I, I got there. It's kind of a funny story. Um, a couple of my friends, I was, I'm from North Carolina. I was living in Raleigh, North Carolina. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> New York. Chicago. <laughs> I could do that all night, man. I, I might not even talk. <laughs> I was uh, I was living in North Carolina with a buddy of mine and basically doing nothing with my life. Um, to be honest with you, you know, I said it was a Christian and I did nothing really that made me a Christian. I didn't live holy. I didn't evangelize. I didn't like spend time in the Bible. I didn't pray. I didn't do any of that stuff. Nonetheless, I said I was a Christian, which I think. Uh, a lot of people in the nations right now are kind of like that, like me. And uh, so a couple of my friends went and did an internship at IHOP. It was a six-month internship, and basically they came back and told me, dude, it's so awesome. It's like they'll teach you how to lead worship, and they'll teach you how to sing. They didn't tell me anything about a prayer room. I, you know, like, I didn't know anything about this prayer room that I had to sit in for six to eight hours a day. Like that was, that was a, that was a interesting little thing when I got there. So I got there and actually I was irate. I mean, I was so mad that I had just paid $5,000 for them to tell me, okay, go sit in that room for eight hours a day. And I was like, what? Like, why, why, why am I here, Lord? What, what are you doing? And, uh, I kind of just fought against it for about three months. I hated it, but Wait. I, the first time that Corey comes into the prayer room, he thought he was coming to learn how to lead worship. So he comes in to sit with his guitar and he didn't have any idea that there was a stage that people actually were leading worship. So he comes in so confused because he has this guitar with him and everybody's like looking at him weird. Like maybe he has something he's doing later, but he like, he's like looking around like, there's nobody teaching me how to lead worship here. Yeah, yeah. I, I basically thought it was a school. They were going to teach me how to lead worship. So like she said, I'm thinking a prayer room. Okay, like maybe it's a room like this and I'm just going to walk in and like sit there and rock and pray or something. Bring, I was like, I may as well bring my guitar if I'm going to be in there for eight hours. Yeah. 
So I was very confused, to say the least. Um, and I, I was just mad about it. I was like, man, Lord, did you trick me? Like, what is this? Why am I here? And so for about three months, you know, that was kind of my, my thought process. Why am I here? I just kept asking, why am I here? Not liking it, not enjoying it. And so kind of the turning point for me was there was a class. It was called a, a burn class. And a, and a guy named Corey Russell was teaching it. And in the class, one person, in the, in the class, uh, he basically asked us to, he said, okay, I want you to do something. It was kind of this group exercise that he had us do. And he said, I want you to try to think upon eternity past. And I don't know if you guys have ever tried that before, but if you try to think upon eternity past, your mind just kind of goes blank. Because we're, we're basically right now, we're, we're finite creatures. And, and God created in this infinity, but we just, we can't comprehend it is kind of my point. So I was just like, oh, okay, that was weird. Like, <laughs> my mind just went blank. <laughs> and, uh, and he goes, okay, now everyone in the room, I want you to try to think about eternity in the future. So same thing. I, I went for it. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to get it this time. I'm going to wrap my mind around it. And uh, so I do the same thing, just boom mind is blank. It was just like, whoa, that's weird. And all of a sudden, bam, I mean, this weighty presence of the Lord, to this point, to that point, I had never really felt the presence of the Lord. I grew up in the church and, you know, went to school or went to church on Sundays, but I never really felt the presence of the Lord. I never felt that he was real. And so in that moment, bam, the presence of the Lord breaks out in this little tiny room and all of a sudden I am weeping. I'm just crying, crying, crying. And I, I have no idea in my mind in my actual cognitive processes, I have no idea what's going on. I'm just like, man, I'm crying really hard. I'm feeling something really strongly, but I have no idea what this is. And so all of a sudden, it just hits me. Bam. It was the only way I can explain it. It was, it was the fear of the Lord. I don't know if you guys have ever thought or studied on the fear of the Lord, but it was like, bam, he's real. He sees me. He knows me and he loves me. And in that moment, I mean, I'm weeping. I'm crying my head off. I got snot, the whole deal. You know, the, you know, you guys know what I'm talking about. That nasty stage where you're really feeling the presence of the Lord, but you're like, this is bad. You know, this, this ain't cool. This ain't that good. And so I am weeping, and I'm just confessing. I'm going, you're real. You're real. You're real. You see me. You love me. And truly, to, before that, I, I never really believed that he was real. Never believed it. I mean, like I said, I grew up in church, but I never, ever actually believed it. And because to me, to believe is to experience. It's to feel it, to really know it, not to to just have mental assent or not to just know it in your mind. Like, oh, yeah, there's a God. Totally. Yeah, that sounds about right. But bam, I mean, it hit me. It's what Paul talks about in Ephesians 1 is the experiential knowledge of the love of Christ and the fear of the Lord. And so that was... For me, to me, that's, that's when I got saved, <laughs> to be honest with you. And, and from that moment on, I knew that the Lord was calling me to be in the house of prayer for the next season of my life. And I knew it was because he wanted to forge a relationship with me. Because to that point, I didn't know a relationship with God. I knew church. I knew you maybe jumped around on Sunday morning, you know, and I love singing, so I love singing the songs. But I didn't really have a relationship with him. You know, I didn't talk to him. I didn't sit with him. It, it, you know, it just... That never even crossed my mind that he was a real man, a real person that I could talk to. And so for the next, really the next eight years, that was what my life was about. It was about sitting in that room and talking to God and becoming a friend of God. 
actually getting to know his heart, to realize this is a real man. He really died for me, and he really loves me like crazy. And, and even more than he loves me like crazy, he actually likes me. You know, your, your mom can go, oh, I love you like crazy. But, you know, sometimes she's like, man, I don't like you, dude. You know, like, just being honest. Like, I know with Gabriel, I'm like, man, I love that little boy. But sometimes, oh. <laughs> but with God, it's like he's going, I love you like crazy. I died for you. But I actually like you. I like your personality. I like the idiosyncrasies. I like the little things that you do. I love the way you sing. You know, all those little things. It was becoming real to me that I could have a relationship with Jesus, the man. And so that was what the eight years was about for me. And in that eight years, I was fortunate enough to meet Anna. And uh, <laughs> I'll share, I'll share. Yeah. But we met, I was actually a leader in Corey's internship. So I had already done the one thing internship. Yeah, I got, I got the leader. <laughs> he was the bad kid until <laughs> he got. Don't wrap me out now. Until that night, until that sa- salvation night, we were all the leaders were like, "Thank God he got saved," because he was like, I mean, we had him with toothbrushes in the garbage cans. We had him like doing like whatever we could think of. He wouldn't. He wouldn't read the books. He didn't want to go to the prayer room. He kept sleeping in. It was. Then he got saved, and it was awesome. And then we got married. It worked out great. But uh, I was, when I was 18, I came to IHOP. Um, and I, I'm also from North Carolina. We're both from North Carolina. Corey's from the mountains, and I'm from the beach. Um, yeah. And um, anyways, I came, I came to IHOP very, very broken. I, I actually, when I came out to IHOP, I was 18 years old, and I thought I was pregnant. Um, and I, I literally, I didn't know as an intern if they were going to kick me out or not, because I thought, I thought I was, I thought I was pregnant and I was, had a whole lot of shame, a whole lot of brokenness. I grew up in a Christian family, but, um, but obviously fell into sin. So I love Jesus, but I was really broken. So I came out and my first day, Corey's first day, he was really confused. My first day, I was really ashamed. And I just wanted to leave that room. I couldn't, the first day that you, that you're an intern, you have to, it's called consecration day. So you have to spend eight hours. It's like a death camp. Yeah, it's death camp. <laughs> it's the first day and you have to sit for eight hours. It's like. No, for us, it was 10. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Um. Anyway, so I am so ashamed. I, I don't feel worthy to be in that room at all. And I remember I'm sitting in there. I just want to run out. I want to run away. Um, nobody knows what I'm going through. Nobody knows what, what I've been through. And um, the pr- I remember the prayer leader on stage, the guy, you know, when um, Dave Perkins, he usually comes up and he, he does his prayer thing. That, it was that guy. And that guy comes up and he goes, I feel like... Um, there's some people in the room that are dealing with shame and I don't know how I got the confidence or even the boldness to raise my hand. But next thing I know, I'm standing up and there are people all around me praying over me. And in that moment, I experienced the love and the affection of God. Like I never had before and shame just broke off of, off of me. In the next six months, I was 
I was falling in love with Jesus, and I knew that he loved me, and he wasn't disappointed in me. He wasn't angry at me. I hadn't let him down, um, that he cared about me, and um, I just sat in a room, and I just talked to Jesus, and he talked back to me, and that was the beginning of me um, loving prayer, (laughs) because prayer to me was relationship with Jesus, and Let me just say real quick, I want to demystify the idea of prayer. Some of you guys go, man, prayer is boring, dude. Like, I don't want to sit in my closet and, like, do that stuff. But really, all prayer is, is communication with God. I mean, it's very simple. It's dialogue with God. And that's what prayer is. It's a conversation. You know, when all day long, you're thinking thoughts in your head, right? How many times can you think of when your mind is just completely blank? Never. (laughs) So basically the idea is if we can turn those thoughts into dialogue with the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us, that's called prayer. You know, it's, it's very simple. It's not this, you know, boring, terrible thing. It's just conversation with the guy who loves us the most on the whole face of the planet. You know? Yeah. Anyway, so I remember this is the beginning of my eight, my eight years that I have. I remember sitting in the room. I'd been in there probably a good four months and it hit me. What the heck am I doing here? This is so dumb. What? We're just sitting in a room. We're just sitting in a room. <laughs> like, I could be going to college. I could be doing... And then, I, and, I, and then I'm like, Anna, don't think that, don't think that. Like, that's got to be a bad thought. I mean, this is the prayer room, so don't think that. And then I just stopped and I'm going, no, I'm actually going to go there. I'm going to think through this because I got three more months in this room, so I better, like, come to a conclusion. And so I just remember, and I go, okay, of I, what of all the things I could be doing? I could be, right now, I'm 18 years old. I could be, I could be going to college and getting a degree. That's good. Okay, cool. I could be working a job. I could be at home. I, I, I went through everything that I could be doing, and then I thought of what I was doing, and it hit me. There was nothing that could make more of a difference in that moment than what I was doing right then. And when I was coming before God and asking him to do things and that he was doing them, that I was coming before God and I was saying, God, move across America and change hearts. God, bring salvation to this city. God, touch this family member. And it hit me oh my goodness, there is nothing else I could be doing at this moment that is making more of a difference than I am making sitting in this chair right now. And that was the beginning of my journey of relationship with Jesus and, uh, and staying at this house of prayer for the eight years. So, yeah. so we got married and it was great and <laughs> still great. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, we, were, we were there for eight years. You know, we, we, uh, before we came here, we had no inkling that we would ever leave IHOP. Both of us thought we'd be there for the rest of our lives doing what we were doing. And, you know, the thought never crossed our mind that we were going to leave. And all of a sudden, one day, what was it, August, August of last year, Anna all of a sudden comes to me. I'm doing IHOP. I'm loving it, you know. Um, she comes to me and she goes, babe, you know, I... The weirdest thing, I feel like the Lord's moving us on. And I looked at her and I went, oh, that's, that's really cool. That's, that's great, babe. That's good because I'm loving it here, so I don't think we're going. <laughs> it was more like, cool, I don't feel that, and me sobbing. Yeah. 
I mean, for, for me, it was like, there's, there's nothing I can do. Like, I, I feel nothing on that. I don't feel the witness. I don't feel the Lord prompting me. You know, I'm loving what we're doing. I feel like you should be too. Like, what's, what's the problem here? He was just looking at me like, you're crazy. <laughs> yeah, I just, I didn't know what to tell her, you know. And so I just kind of, you know, as it says about Mary, I hid it in my heart. I was just like, okay, I'll keep that in my heart and I'll pray about it. You know, that's, that's my promise to you. I'll pray about it at least. <clears throat> and so what's the next part? Well, I just... <laughs> So, By the way, this is our journey to Colorado Springs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So August, I'm feeling, I'm feeling discontent. And in okay, in eight years of being at IHOP, I had never once felt discontent. I had never once felt like I wasn't a, I, I, I didn't want to be there. And for the first time, I did. And I thought maybe this is like, I don't know, maybe I'm. Maybe I'm backslidden. I don't know. Like, I was going through all this stuff because Corey obviously was not bearing witness to what I was going through. So I just so I just kept praying about it. And I actually was praying for Corey that if what I was feeling was really God, that he'd start feeling it too. And so finally one night we just came to the conclusion, let's just fast. And let's ask God to tell us and commission us to some place. If it's IHOP, then awesome. We, we, we want to know wherever it is that we're really meant to be here. And so if it's here, great. If it's somewhere else, awesome. So we went on our three-day fast, and we did it really good the first time. And we fasted really good, and we didn't eat it all, and we prayed, and it was horrible. And, and then nothing happened. And it was really bad. Like, so... Two more months go by. We're still praying. We're feeling pretty discouraged. Corey's mad at God. and I'm mad at God because I think in those few months, I started feeling the, uh, the push to go. I started feeling the Lord put it on my heart. Okay, Corey, it, it, I think it is time for you to go. And uh, basically what I did is I, I put what I would call a fleece before the Lord. And to me, that just means I said, okay, Lord, if, it, if we're supposed to go, then this is going to happen. You know, this certain thing. You get what I'm saying? X is going to happen. Okay, is that... Okay, good. <laughs> Communication right now is not my gift. Uh, so I was like, okay, Lord, if, if we're supposed to go, then this certain thing is going to happen. And bam, it happens. And I'm like, okay, okay, I think we're supposed to go now. And so the frustration I was feeling in the next few months is, Lord, if you're telling us to go, just tell us where to go. You know, don't make it complicated. Don't make this confusing. Just tell me where to go and when to go, and I'll do it. I'll be obedient. And a lot of the times I've learned now that the Lord loves those waiting times. He's just building patience, and he's building character and and virtue inside of us. And he's going, you know, I'm going to make you sweat a little bit. Because it's good for you. You know, if, if I just answered you like this every time, that, that McDonald's fast food concept, you know, you would never, you know, you never have to depend on me. It's just, it's a joke. If it causes it's like us to reach for God in a way that we never would before. Oh, I mean, I've, I've never reached for him <laughs> like I did in that season. And so, like she said, I'm, I'm getting like, I'm, I'm mad. I mean, thoroughly just mad at God, like. Okay, you're telling us to go. Just tell, tell us where and tell us when. And I'm just, I'm super fed up. It's been like three, four months, which is like nothing. <laughs> Most people have probably wait a lot longer than this. It's been like three, four months. And I'm just mad at God. You know, I'm shaking my fist going, I know better than you. Just tell me where. <laughs> that type of thing. 
And so we just decide again. We're like, okay, let's, let's do another fast. I believe you'll answer us. We're going to just humble ourselves before you and place ourselves in weakness and ask you to answer. And so we do another three-day fast. And what, this what? is New Year. Like, this is uh, January 1st that we start another yeah. fast. And so this time, we're, we just do this fast terrible. I mean, I eat Buffalo Wild Wings every night, and just, like, I'm slamming, like, hot wings at all times. But I'm like, I'm fasting, Lord, and you see my heart. And, and uh, <laughs> so. I thought he was fasting, too. Who just said preach? That was great. <laughs> preach it. Yeah, so so we just do this one really poorly. I mean, like I said, our hearts are in the right place. We're like, we want to do this, but we're just doing real bad. And at the end of this three-day fast... Well, a friend of mine calls me up, and she was actually fasting with us, and she says, hey, I really feel like Corey's going to get a dream tonight. And I said, cool, I'll pray for it. That'd be awesome. Well, Corey didn't get a dream. But that Friday, um, she calls me up again, and she goes, hey... I have a friend who's here from out of town, and she had a really intense dream about you and Corey. On the night that I was on Wednesday, to get it. on Wednesday night, and she really wants to sit down and talk with you. So we we sit down with her and we talk with her, and it was one of those moments where we sat down and the presence of God just fell, and we are like almost just weeping, and nothing has even been said. And um, she goes on to tell us this dream. And the dream was pretty much just, in the dream, God spoke over Corey and was just validating and talking over him and saying how faithful he had been and how much he loved him and that that he was sending us out. And the the basic gist of it was telling me and obviously my family, you've been faithful, you've done well, and all of this has been preparation for what's to come. And so made it very clear that obviously we were going. And to me, the dream was an answer that God actually hears me. You know, that's what I took away from it. He, he's heard every cry. He's heard me being mad at him. He's heard me being upset. And he's going, okay, I'm going to answer you. Don't worry. I hear you, and I'm going to answer you. So that was awesome. Keep going. Um, so that was Friday. And we just kind of left like, what just happened? We were, we were just... We just felt like God was so close and that he cared and he was so intimately involved in every detail of our life. And so next Monday comes along. Another girl that had been, uh, a pro- like she just, she had prophesied over a lot of people on Corey's worship team. And um, she comes up to Corey and she says, hey, can I share something with you? I, I just want to share something with you. He goes, yeah, sure. So they sit down. She goes on to pretty much tell him the same thing that the dream had told had been. And so it confirmed again. And then she said, I feel like June 1st is the date that you are going to be sent. And I had already, I had been feeling June already. And so I had told Corey that. And so then she gets June 1st. And so, so that was Monday night. So a month or two go by and we're not hearing anything again. And so we're like, okay, we know we're going somewhere, but where are we going? Like, this doesn't, nothing was making sense. So, Corey and I go out. We go on a date. You know? Yeah, we're out at dinner, and I kind of just get this idea. Let's just ask the Lord for a specific dream tonight. 
let's ask that he would tell us exactly where and hopefully exactly when. Let's just be bold and ask. And so we prayed there at the dinner table on our date. Lord, release it tonight. Give it to Anna. Tell us exactly where and when in a dream. Then we prayed again when we were leaving the restaurant and then again before we went to bed. And this time it worked. (laughs) And and lo and behold, uh, she wakes me up. It's like, what, 5 a.m. that night. And she's like, babe, babe, I had the dream. And I'm just like, Like, I'm the worst when you wake me up. I just, I won't remember a thing you said. I'll be completely out of it. You say really mean things sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Especially when when the baby's crying and it's it's his turn to get up. No. (laughs) (laughs) No. But I'll plead innocence every morning. I "I don't remember that, babe. (laughs) What? I said that? Ah, no, no, I was asleep. (laughs) So you tell the dream. Okay, so I have a dream. And in it, um, I'm sitting down with, actually, I'm sitting down with Dave Perkins' sister, Deborah, and Dan, Dan's sister, Deborah. And and I'm sitting down with her, and um, we're just sitting down together as a family. And she, she looks at me, and she goes, Anna, it's Kona, and then it's Colorado Springs. And I go, really? <laughs> in the dream, we were so in our, in our own personalities. I go, really? Are you sure? And she goes, yeah. It's Kona, then it's Colorado Springs. And then there's other parts of the dream, but I won't go into. Anyways, so I wake up, I tell Corey this, and honestly, I didn't know anything about Colorado Springs. So I was kind of like... Yeah, Colorado Springs made no sense to us. Yeah, we didn't know anything. We were just like, Kona <laughs> did, because we knew about YWAM. And we had been, actually, Anna had been nagging me for, like, months to go to Kona and visit YWAM and, like, do something out there. And I was always like, babe, we're not getting the invitation. I'm not going out there until we get the invitation. And so she has this dream, tells me, we start praying into it, and probably, like, two, three days later, I get an invitation from Andy Bird, who's the director of Fire and Fragrance out in Kona, the, the YWAM base in Kona. He says, bro, we want to have you out. We want to pay for your flights and the whole deal. And we just want to make connection with you guys. You know, we, we, just, want, we just want to connect with you guys. And I was like, huh, this is weird. <laughs> cool. And so we're still going, Colorado Springs. Like, what the heck is Colorado Springs? And, <laughs> and actually, I had come out for last year's desperation, but never even crossed my mind that, that new life was here in Colorado Springs. You know, I just, it didn't even, I don't know how, it just never even. Corey's really bad with geography. Yeah, I'm super bad. So he has no idea where any state is, where any, like, country is nothing. So he'll be like, yeah, Colorado Springs, that's south, right? (laughs) Near Mexico? (laughs) I'm not joking, it's really that bad. It didn't make any sense to me. And, uh, and so basically we, we prayed about it a bunch and we were like, okay, let's go to Kona and then let's see what happens with Colorado Springs after this. Maybe something will fall into our laps. And so we go to Kona. It's no. awesome. Okay, no. I got to no. know. No. Okay, do you guys know who Misty Edwards is? Okay. What did you say? Misty Edwards. So, um, <laughs> so Misty, Misty kind of starts feeling like, 
I don't know. Corey and Anna seem a little bit like something's going on. So she sits down with Corey. They were supposed to be talking talking schedules, but she gets down to the point and she goes, where are you moving? (laughs) And so Corey's just sitting there and he's... He just spills everything, tells her everything. They're both crying, and she's like, I really feel like this is the Lord. Well, we didn't know that Missy was going to be getting in the car with our pretty much our pastor, leader, Mike Bickle. And um, so she ends up telling him everything. Corey hadn't told her not to, but she tells him anyways. And we get an email. I don't know if Corey had spoken about anything. We get an email from Mike an hour later in front in the title it's saying the first line it's saying Corey and Anna much love to you Misty told me you're leaving IHOP and I'm just like oh god like okay the deal's sealed we're we out of here no I don't know where we're going we have no idea where we're going I think I, I think we're going to Conan and Colorado Springs but I have no idea what that means and I didn't want to tell him until we had like everything done like so we meet with him the next day and we tell him the whole, we tell him everything we've told y'all. Yeah, sorry, I'm going to jump in there. <laughs> we, we tell him the whole story. And when we get to the Kona and Colorado Springs uh, dream, he like, he just kind of like gets all pumped up out of nowhere. And he's like, oh, he's Colorado Springs. Oh, it's desperation. It's New Life Church. It's desperation. It's New Life Church. He's like so Yeah, I could not believe how pumped up he was. He was so it, excited. It came out of nowhere. He, he, this is kind of him in meetings. He just, <laughs> he just sits back. And all of a sudden, we said the Colorado Springs. He's oh, 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 yeah, it's desperation. <laughs> he got super pumped. And, and I'm looking at him like, what? What are you talking about, bro? You want me to go to a local church and become, like, a worship leader? We like, really thought that we were going to Africa and we were going to sell everything and we yeah, were going to adopt we were a lot be of kids. Like crazy mission. That was what something. we thought. God said go and we were going to go to the nations and that was it. And so yeah, so this this kind of we were taken aback to say the least. Uh, and his enthusiasm was just incredible. And to me, I still don't even know what new life or desperation is. I'm just kind of like, I think I went there last year. Okay, cool, cool. And he's go, he goes off. He's like, they're the, they're the best local church in the nation. Don't tell anyone I said that. Don't tweet that. <laughs> he's like, they're the best local church in the nation. He's like, they have passion for prayer. They have awesome young adults. They have awesome youth. Um, what else did he say? Oh, he's like, their, their worship is awesome. He's like, I, I really think it's, it's Colorado Springs. I really think it's new life and desperation. And so I'm just staring at him like, what? And, and he goes, he goes, yeah. He goes, uh, I'm going to email, uh, I'm going to email one of their leaders tomorrow. He's like, I, I know him. He's like, I'll get you guys connected. We'll see if this is going to work. And so I'm just like, this is weird, but this is awesome because we, we so look up to him and respect him. I mean, he's been like our main spiritual father for the past eight years, basically my whole Christian life. And, uh, and so we're just like, okay, we trust you. So he makes the connections. We start getting into talks with, it was actually David Perkins, um, was kind of my connect point. And David brought it to the, to the various leaders here and said, Hey, listen, Corey Asbury is leading, leaving IHOP. And (laughs) I can't remember the dude's name. Who's the tall blonde guy who's on the elder team? I don't know, babe. Where is this 
It might be Scott. I, I talked to him the other day. Yeah, probably. I talked to He's kind of big, right? There's one guy that's kind of big. He's kind of jacked. This is making me nervous. <laughs> I, I, yeah, though, sorry. That was Dan. I was actually thinking of Dan Perkins. <laughs> I don't know how I didn't. <laughs> so it was a funny story. When, when David Perkins brought it to the, the team, the elders, uh, this guy was just like, he goes, yeah, Corey Asbury, he's from IHOP. And, uh, you know, he really wants to come here. And the dude's like, he's like, is he going to, like, make pancakes? Or, like, does he have a degree in pancake making? Or what, what is this? Like, are we opening a breakfast section? And, and everyone just died laughing. And they had to explain what IHOP, International House of Prayer, was. So I always enjoy that story. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. So, yeah, he told me that. Um, so basically, uh, they got into talks, and, and we got into talks, and there was no position open. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, yeah, totally, dude. I'm glad you're leaving IHOP because we have a position you can fill. It was like, yeah, there's nothing open. Uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> and so, weirdly enough, Pastor Brady just said, I think this is the Lord. Fly him out. I want to meet him. And so we came out, and you know, had some talks and had some interviews or whatever. It was the first time I've ever done that. Uh, it was interesting. <laughs> and uh, it was great. And so we went home and, and they were like, yeah, well, you'll probably hear from us in about mm, probably a week. I was like, cool, this is great. So about two months goes by. <laughs> it wasn't two months, three weeks. <laughs> okay, three weeks. It felt like two months. <laughs> okay, maybe it was three weeks. About three weeks goes by, and finally, Brad calls me up, Brad Parsley. He's like, hey, bro, you know, we really enjoyed our time with you. And uh, he's like, we're thinking we probably need a second interview. So this was in what, February? No. March? Yes. Okay, March. <laughs> so bad at this stuff. This was in March, and he's like, you know, you're coming out for desperation in June, so why don't we just do it then? And I was like, dude, that's three months. He's like, I'm, I can't wait three months. I was like, my life is on hold right now. I know we're going somewhere. I can't wait three months. What he, did, what, what he didn't understand is that we had already started transitioning out of IHOP. We knew that God was saying go, and all of IHOP leadership was like, yes, we, we think it's this. And so they thought, actually, that we were just still fully involved in everything and didn't know we were just waiting. Yeah, yeah so we were just waiting. <laughs> and he wanted me to wait till June. I said, bro, nah, come on, dude, let's do something quicker. So we came out in what, April? quick in, in April and, the end uh, of April and had another connect with, uh, with Brad and, and David and, and Pastor Brady. Everything just went really well. And I was pumped and I was like, I think this is going to happen. And so we go home and literally two days later, Brad calls me and he says, Hey, Corey, we want you to come out and we want you to start June 1st. And I was like, what? June 1st? Cause I got three different words that were June 1st. And so he said June 1st, and I almost lost it on the phone. Just started, like, crying or laughing or yelling or running. I don't know what I was going to do. I was going to do something. And so I got off the phone with him, and Anna was gone. It was just me and Gabriel. And I just ran around the house. <laughs> I was just yelling, we're going, Gabriel. We're going. Woo! We're going to the mountains. It was just me and him. I, I had no one else to celebrate with. And so that's, that's basically it, man. We're so happy to be here and honored to be 
among you awesome people and these great leaders up front, man. We're so pumped and uh, just excited about what the Lord has for us and, and for this church. And we love you guys. And, and I want you to know from my heart that I am approachable. <laughs> Don't think I'm like awesome worship leader dude who like never talks to the kids. <laughs> like I, I hate, 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 hate that mentality. It's like, well, he's like the cool dude and he doesn't have anything to do with you guys. He just leads worship every now and then. Like that's such a terrible concept to me. Sorry if any of you guys are like that. Uh, so I want you guys to know that you can come up and talk to me, ask me advice, ask to hang, whatever, it does not matter. Anna and I are totally open and approachable, and, and we love you all, so. And over time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did, because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life.